Good to be with you this morning. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you with us. Um, greetings from Eaglehawk. Uh, feels like sort of coming home. Um, uh, been over there at Eaglehawk, but uh, it's, it's wonderful to be uh, here today. Today we continue our series, Connected. And uh, this idea, this truth, uh, that being connected to Jesus, he's... His teaching, his ways, um, who he is, uh, is simply life-changing. And uh, I love the words of Jesus when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Today's passage uh, is John chapter 15, verses 18 through to 27. And uh, it's a really interesting passage and one of those passages that... uh, get you thinking. So if you've got your Bibles, you might like to turn there uh, this morning. Um, I don't know if you can relate to this. I'm I'm assuming that most in this room will be able to, uh, or who are watching online would be able to relate to this. Uh, You walk into a a food outlet, could be a restaurant, a cafe, and uh, you look at uh, the board up behind the, the cashier and uh, there's some photos of some potential meals that you could purchase. And uh, it could be that you sit down at a, at a table and you open up uh, the menu and there those photos are sitting um, before you. Um, you go through the photos, you, you think, yep, yeah, that, that there, that hamburger looks good. Um, that's what I want uh, to have for lunch or, or uh, for dinner or for breakfast, if that's, that's uh, your ilk. Um, and uh, so you put your order in, you wait, you, you get the meal, you go back to your seat, or you might have the meal delivered to you. You either open it up or you look at it and you think, hang on a minute, that doesn't look like what was in the photo. Um, today's passage feels a little bit like that. Sometimes our, uh, in our journey with Jesus, we, we, come across, we, we find ourselves asking the question, what's that all about? Uh, what does this mean? You, you, you spend some time pondering um, on that. Scattered throughout uh, Scripture, there are things that just kind of don't make sense at times and uh, you, you kind of scratch your head or there's some theological questions that get raised when you read through scripture um, for example the sovereignty of God versus uh, the free will of, of uh, each and every one of us um, I can remember some someone saying to me once that they feel comfortable sitting in the tension and that was a really helpful statement at the time and uh, it's still a helpful statement uh, for me as I try and wrestle with some of those more difficult uh, passages uh, of, of Scripture. Um, as I mentioned, today's uh, reading, uh, you'll find yourself asking probably, what's this all about? Uh, what does this mean? How, how do I process this? But I can, if I can reassure you today that uh, Jesus has something really good to say and actually will help us in our discipleship journey um, as we uh, track with him down the road. Um, So if you've got your Bibles, John chapter 15, 18 to 27, um, it'll be there on the screen. And it says this, 
If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one, uh, the, the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if they had not come and spoken to. Uh, they would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Everyone hates. Everyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done some miraculous signs among them that no one else had done. They would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you an advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. There's a couple of observations in this passage that I want us to just uh, think about this morning. And the first is this. Um, Being connected to Jesus is both very exciting, but at the same time equally um, challenging. Um, In verse 24 there, um, you see that Jesus, um, when he walked the earth, did some incredible things, some miraculous things. Um, uh, he's, he's teaching and his miracles and the restoration that happened in people's lives is simply stunning. Um, I often find myself pondering on who um, or the attributes of God and what he, what he does and who he is. His love, grace and mercy, his compassion and care, his faithfulness and promises, his protection and his provision, his power and authority, his knowledge and wisdom, his sovereignty, the fact that he's relational the cross, the story of the cross and the redemption of humanity. I love following hard after Jesus. His teaching, his ways, his character. Um, uh, being a follower of Jesus, putting him front and centre of our lives or my life is, is very fulfilling. I love it. I love it. Um, last uh, Saturday night, I had the privilege of um, driving a busload of uh, young people down from uh, Bendigo to a youth gathering in uh, Melbourne. And um, uh, it was an uh, incredible night. There at Festival Hall, never been there before, 4,500 people, um, young people worshipping God. Incredible. Um, when the, the call for people to respond to who uh, Jesus is and what he's done, hundreds went forward. Hundreds gave their lives to Christ for the very first time. I loved every moment of it. I loved what it did to my heart in that moment, to see that. I mean, we've been locked down for, for a, a, a couple of years now to, to, to be in that space. Um, it was just a really, really moving moment. I loved it. However, their life is, is not like that. I wish I could go to a, 
a youth gathering like that every, uh, you know, every second day, but it doesn't happen like that. Um, life is, is full of those moments as a follower of Jesus, but it's also has those times where uh, the world around us, our family, our friends, they push back on us. They push back because of what we believe. You have this excitement about following Jesus and you also have this challenge that sits there. Uh, The message puts it this way. If you find the godless world is hating you, remember it got its start hating me. If you live on the world's terms, the world will love you as one of its own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms and no longer on the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. Um, that, that's, that's, that's difficult to digest, isn't it? The world is going to hate you. Now, um, for those who like to, the etymologists in this place, who like to, to um, do word studies, um, the word hate there um, uh, is a perfect, uh, is the perfect tense of a verb, sorry, the perfect tense of the verb hate implies that the world's hatred is fixed, uh, is a fixed attitude towards Jesus and which carries over to his disciples as well. Um, this is something that we don't like to read or hear or, or often have to think about, but Jesus is reminding us that there are times because of our faith um, in him, we will feel challenged as a follower of um, Jesus. Um, in history, you will see that uh, the disciples, the early church, they all, the, the people um, lost their lives because of their faith. In fact, one commentary said that um, uh, in the 20th century, in the 20th century, there was more people who lost their lives because of their faith in Jesus than any other um, uh, part of history. Um, uh, you know, I, um, I I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about this question during the week. What is this saying to us today? Do we really experience hardships here in Australia, right down um, here in Bendigo? And the answer is obviously we. We don't feel it like, like we haven't got people losing their life because of their faith, okay? I, I will say that, but, but I do think that in a subtle kind of way that there is pushback on us because of what we believe. Now, this morning I'm not talking about um, uh, uh, the persecution that might come your way or the pushback that comes your way because you get a speeding fine, okay? If you speed... Um, you're breaking the rules of the land and so therefore you will get a fine. You're not in that moment when you get that fine, getting a per- you're not getting um, pushed back from God. God is, is not um, putting you into that place um, of hardship. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just because you've broken the rule. If you've parked in the wrong place and got a fine for that, um, th- that's not persecution. Okay, um, if you've failed a test or um, or you've failed uh, an assignment because you didn't put the work in, you're not getting persecuted if you fail. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. So I just wanted to clear that this morning and say that um, there are moments, however, that in our place of employment, school or university, home, 
friends, we will feel the challenge for what we believe. We will feel persecuted, pushed back on. Um, some of the social changes that we see in our society today is, is an example of that. You know, we feel that, that pressure um, um, because of what is happening all around us in the world and because of what we believe. It is interesting, however, to note that a lot of people do like um, some of the teachings of Jesus, particularly around social justice and things like that, the care and the love. Um, that Jesus speaks about and expects us to do. People like that. But I can say here this morning that um, uh, when it comes down to some of those big uh, statements that Jesus makes in John um, uh, about the fact that he says, I am the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the door of the sheep, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, this is the big one, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And of course the seventh one being, I am the true vine. It's when you make that sort of a statement, it's when you stand on that truth that you will feel the pushback come. People like the, 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 the heart, the compassion of God, but the truth about who he is that there is no other way uh, to make sense of this world. There is no other way to make um, sense of our eternal um, existence except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you start saying that, people will push back. People will push back on that. Um, Paul writes in, in Corinth, uh, to the church sorry, of Corinth, uh, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us... Who are being saved, it is the power of God. He goes on and he, he says a whole bunch of other thing, things and he finishes off by saying this For the foolishness of God is wiser than, the, wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human uh, strength. Um, you know, uh, Jesus uses the word if actually in this passage, if you. Um, if this happens to you, uh, there may be people sitting here today or watching online that this stuff doesn't happen. But I, I could be, it'd be fair to say today that most of us at some point have felt this pushback uh, for what uh, we uh, believe. So the first thing I want to say this morning, being connected to Jesus is both exciting and challenging. The second thing, the second observation is this, is being connected to Jesus means we're not alone in this journey, okay? We're not alone. One of the things I love about following Jesus is that he promises that he is with us every step of the way. We are not alone. We're not alone. He is there with us. God promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. This is a comforting, a very, these are comforting words. In the passage, we see uh, the connection between the Father, the Son, and us as his followers. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first, in verse 18. Verse uh, 20, since they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Verse 21, they will do all this to you because of me, for they have, be they have rejected the one who sent me. Verse 23, anyone who hates me also hates uh, my father. This connection, um, when I read this, it's very relational. 
You know, we talk about relational discipleship here. There's so much um, example or illustration of this in Scripture of who God is. He's a relational God, this connection between the Father and the Son and us, this, this sense where we, we don't only share um, common belief, but we share common uh, rejection as well. The reason I used the example of a hamburger this morning or going into a, a restaurant um, is because each and every one of us know what I'm talking about. You can, you've, you've been there. You've been there and you've opened up that packet and thought, what is this? Um, and so um, uh, we, are in the, we are on this journey together. Shared common beliefs, common experiences, common transformation and common pushback. Um, one of the observations that I made over the, over the years, and it's, this is just my observation, I'm not sure if it's, it's um, uh, everyone's, as people, when we're often doing it tough, we don't get the support we want from others. The old saying, when you're down, you get kicked harder. Um, uh, some of the political uh, uh, narrative at the moment is an example of that. Um, one of my regrets um, of... Uh, uh, my, uh, one of my regrets as a parent, and a, as a dad, I feel a little bit ashamed to say this um, up here today, but um, when, when my kids were young, if they hurt themselves, I would try and jolly up the situation and say something like, oh, you silly boy or girl. Or um, I'd say, oh, that's a dumb thing to do, as, as if I was, you know, um, somehow stating the blatantly obvious. Um, and maybe it was just to smooth it over, to try and calm the situation down. But um, a better response would have been, um, tell me about it. What's happened? Explain what's happened. You know, that's something that happened to me when I was your age, when I was a kid, that, that I did exactly the same thing. How, how can I help you? Come on, let's have a hug. Um, and... You see the point there that, that often from, a, from de, a place of default often, we, we, um, we don't support and get around and track um, the way that we should and could. Um, Dave mentioned last week that one of the true marks of a disciple is that we love one another. Verse 12, love each other as I have loved you. What does that look like? Well, it's... it's, it's it's doing this journey together. It's, it's being there for each other. It's supporting each other. It's helping each other when they're wrestling and they're struggling with stuff, particularly when there's pushback in their lives. It's sharing those hardships together. Jesus reminds us in this passage that we're not alone, that uh, we're together, and that he understands and he knows what we're going through because he and his Father have been there. And as, um, fo- uh, as followers of Jesus, the common denominator is, is that we don't only share the highs, but we share the lows together in this journey. One of the things that I uh, had the privilege of doing um, recently was to go to a regional uh, minister's gathering, and it was just great to, to be um, with other pastors in this sort of central Victoria area and just hearing a bit of what was going on in their world, praying together, um, having that time of fellowship together and encouragement. One of the pastors that came uh, and joined us from Melbourne shared some of his story of where um, things have been for him over the last couple of, a couple of years, right in the middle of the pandemic. He lost his wife. He had a health scare. There was a whole bunch of things that went on, and you just felt this instant um, 
uh, uh, wanting to support and empathise in that moment to get around. uh, And that's the way that it should be as we find ourselves in these hardships, that we will be there for one another. Being connected to Jesus is we're not alone in this life's journey. And a third observation is this, that being connected to Jesus is part of an ongoing um, story. Uh, Verse 25, Jesus says, This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. It's a quote from Psalm 35 and 69. The fulfillment of prophecy testifies that there's a story rolling out here. God has a plan to redeem the world. He spoke that through the prophets. It's fulfilled in Jesus, and we see that in the New Testament. The fulfillment of biblical prophecy speaks speaks of a God who is real, that he has a plan, that he's communicated that plan, and that it is being and that that plan is being fulfilled. We're part of a bigger story here. Not only do we experience hardships, um, we're doing this together, but it's a part of something much, much bigger than ourselves. Um, uh, God, uh, from the beginning of time, knew us, has a plan for us, and wants to spend eternity with us. And I find myself gravitating to Psalm 139 a lot. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What an incredible God that we serve, that we follow, that we worship, um, that through Jesus that we are connected to. Um, God knows our us, our past, our present and our future. It's uh, there is a story unfolding for each and every one of us. And that's a really comforting thing to know that we're part of a bigger picture, a story uh, that God is, is rolling out his kingdom and his people. Being connected to Jesus is a part of this unfolding story. There is so much in this passage that we could um, uh, talk about this morning, but I want to just draw it to one main thought today um, it kind of feels like Jesus in this moment as he's speaking um, to his disciples as he's speaking to us he's saying this when hardships when persecution when pushbacks when people hating you uh, come your way that's okay that's okay it's to be expected it's to be expected um it happened to god the father it happened to jesus and it will happen to those who follow him um a part of the key for all of us is to find peace and uh joy in those moments where there is hardship happening in our lives so what are what are some of the things um that we can do as a response to this? Well, I think that hardships refine us. Um, Just uh, as gold under heat purifies or diamonds under pressure are formed, hardships refine us. Jesus spoke about it, obviously. Paul echoed that. There's books written about it. That idea of, 
of hardships kind of refining us. I, I was um, a part of the Mad Ride, and I know this illustration has been used a lot, but one of the things I know that um, when I signed up for the Mad Ride, three and a half thousand kilometres over 21 days, that I would need to do some preparation. Getting on a bike and thinking that you could ride from one side of the, the west coast to the east coast um, without any training or any effort is, is, is not on your radar. And so um, we, we spent a lot of training. We spent about 12 months um, leading up to that training. Um, and I was reminded of that again this morning when uh, I left home and I was chipping the ice off my windscreen, how cold it gets here in Bendigo. And to be out riding in that climate... Um, in preparation for the mad ride, was hard. You had to do it um, because you needed the preparation for the mad ride, but it was hard. It was really, really difficult when you lose feeling in your feet and your hands, your ears, your nose. For me, my head. Um, it, it, it's not, it, it, was, it was just hard, but it prepared me for what was ahead. So what are some of the things that we can do this week? Um, well, f- I think this, this one here is um, the first and foremost that we, we can be doing, and that is love those who oppose you. Those who push against you because of what you believe, Jesus is asking us to love them, to love our enemies, um, to live a life without cause. Uh, we are the children of God. Um, to display that in those difficult moments where people are challenging what we think is a key thing. To show grace and mercy in that moment. To reach out. To, to, um, uh, to do things that go against the grain. Love those who push back against you, love those who oppose you. Um, I think it's a great opportunity also to learn more about God. When people come uh, back at you with a whole bunch of stuff, or, uh, particularly around the, the fact um, of who Jesus is, and it causes you to think, don't, don't buckle under that. Um, it's an opportunity for you to grow, for you to... Um, to read more, to think more, to, to do uh, a one-on-one time with somebody and ask them what their response is, to talk with them over a coffee, to jump in maybe a smaller group of people who can kick it around and ask the tough questions. Um, we're not alone in this. To join a life group, all those things that we talk about all the time, it's really important for us to keep uh, learning and keep growing. Um, gatherings like this, not, not that we're saying this is the only space that um, you can learn, but it's a, it's a part of our journey um, to support and encourage and to grow in our knowledge of who God is. Um, I think in this moment, um, it's not only loving those who oppose you or learning more about God um, as we uh, experience hardships, but it's to trust him more that his ways and his ideas and his thoughts are different to ours, that we just need to rest in that. That um, I, I often think of the Garden of Eden and the great lie in the Garden of Eden was that um, the serpent said to, to Adam and Eve, uh, you will become like God. 
that you will know um, good from evil. You know you will have wisdom. There's, there's always there's always a great danger for us as people to set our own moral compass. Um, God and His truth is the only compass. That's the only compass. And um, uh, in these moments uh, where a world is scurrying around trying to work this stuff out, uh, they're forgetting that God and his truth and who he is is the only answer. And so for us to continue to trust God in those moments where sometimes we don't understand, but we just trust him, that we don't buy in the, into the lie that somehow we can set our own um, moral compass, that that is something that is without, it's outside of ourselves. It's in the truth of who God is. And finally, in these moments of hardships, never lose your heart for the lost because each and every one of us were there once. Don't forget that. Each and every one of us were in that place where at some point we pushed back. We asked the questions that were difficult and we didn't really um, um, trust God in that moment. That for us, as people, as we find ourselves in hardships, It's an opportunity for us to let our heart grow fonder for um, the the truth about who Jesus is and for the lost and what it means for them um, in their world. Um, As a way of finishing this morning, I want to just ask us a couple of of questions. And these are questions that have have flowed right through this series. Um, first and foremost, are you connected to the vine? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you're someone here today who um, is not in that place or someone who's watching online um, and is, is been thinking about this, this is a good opportunity for you um, to become or get connected. What's stopping you? The pain of this world, the hardships of life, people broken as your own pride, whatever it is that's stopping you, I ask today that you consider what it means to be connected. Life is full of choices. Every choice uh, you make has outcomes, some good, some bad. Today is another opportunity for each and every one of us to choose, to connect or to remain connected. Uh, The choice that you make has an outcome. Life to the full or not. You know, after everything that Jesus had said and done, the people missed it. Um, Verse 24, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. Everything that Jesus did and said, who he was, they just simply missed it. I find that absolutely staggering. I find that staggering. Don't miss Jesus today. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you for for your word. We just love being able to, to open it, to read it. Lord, to let it transform 
our minds, Lord, to let that flow into our hearts and into our actions. Lord, we love that. We ask today, Lord Jesus, by your spirit that you would just continue uh, to do that work that you have begun in each and every one of us. Lord, we, we want that to continue. Lord, we want to be people who are your light and salt in the community around us. We want to be the people who um, declare um, who you are and the, um, the goodness that comes with that. Lord, the, the fullness of life that comes with that. Lord, you are. Lord Jesus, you are the only hope for the world. And uh, this morning, Lord God, um, we, we commit ourselves afresh to following you, to, to being uh, disciples that chase hard after you. And so, Lord, uh, we just commit that to you now. We are so glad that you are our God and we are your people. And we pray these things in your precious name. Amen.